2 Chronicles chapter 1 Solomon, son of David, solidified his royal authority. For the Lord his God was with him and magnified him greatly. Solomon addressed all Israel, including those who commanded units of a thousand and a hundred, the judges and all the leaders of all Israel who were heads of families. Solomon and the entire assembly went to the worship center in Gibeon, for the tent where they met God was located there, which Moses, the Lord's servant, had made in the wilderness. Now David had brought up the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim to the place where he had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. But the bronze altar, made by Bezalel son of Uri, son of Hur, was in front of the Lord's tabernacle. Solomon and the entire assembly prayed to him there. Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the meeting tent, and he offered up one thousand burnt sacrifices. That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Tell me what I should give you. Solomon replied to God, You demonstrated great loyalty to my father David and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, may your promise to my father David be realized, for you have made me king over a great nation, as numerous as the dust of the earth. Now give me wisdom and discernment so I can effectively lead this nation. Otherwise, no one is able to make judicial decisions for this great nation of yours. God said to Solomon, Because you desire this and did not ask for riches, wealth, and honor, or for vengeance on your enemies, and because you did not ask for long life, but requested wisdom and discernment, so you can make judicial decisions for my people over whom I have made you king. You are granted wisdom and discernment. Furthermore, I am giving you riches, wealth, and honor, surpassing that of any king before or after you. Solomon left the meeting tent at the worship center in Gibeon and went to Jerusalem, where he reigned over Israel. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses, he had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He kept them in assigned cities and in Jerusalem. The king made silver and gold as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones. Cedar was as plentiful as sycamore fig trees are in the foothills. Solomon acquired his horses from Egypt and from Kew. The king's traders purchased them from Kew. They paid 600 silver pieces for each chariot from Egypt and 150 silver pieces for each horse. They also sold chariots and horses to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Syria. Second Chronicles chapter 2 Solomon ordered a temple to be built to honor the Lord, as well as a royal palace for himself. Solomon had 70,000 common laborers, and 80,000 stonecutters in the hills, in addition to 3,600 supervisors. Solomon sent a message to King Huram of Tyre, Help me as you did my father David, when you sent him cedar logs for the construction of his palace. Look, I am ready to build a temple to honor the Lord my God, and to dedicate it to him in order to burn fragrant incense before him, to set out the bread that is regularly displayed, and to offer burnt sacrifices each morning and evening, and on Sabbaths, new moon festivals, and at other times appointed by the Lord our God. This is something Israel must do on a permanent basis. I will build a great temple, for our God is greater than all gods. Of course, who can really build a temple for him, since the sky and the highest heavens cannot contain him? 
Who am I that I should build him a temple? It will really be only a place to offer sacrifices before him. Now send me a man who is skilled in working with gold, silver, bronze, and iron, as well as purple, crimson, and blue-colored fabrics. And who knows how to engrave? He will work with my skilled craftsmen here in Jerusalem and Judah, whom my father David provided. Send me cedars, evergreens, and algum trees from Lebanon, for I know your servants are adept at cutting down trees in Lebanon. My servants will work with your servants to supply me with large quantities of timber, for I am building a great, magnificent temple. Look, I will pay your servants who cut the timber 20,000 cores of ground wheat, 20,000 cores of barley, 120,000 gallons of wine, and 120,000 gallons of olive oil. King Huram of Tyre sent this letter to Solomon. Because the Lord loves his people, he has made you their king. Huram also said, Worthy of praise is the Lord God of Israel, who made the sky and the earth. He has given King David a wise son, who has discernment and insight, and will build a temple for the Lord, as well as a royal palace for himself. Now I am sending you Huram Abai, a skilled and capable man, whose mother is a Danite, and whose father is a Tyrian. He knows how to work with gold, silver, bronze, iron, stones, and wood, as well as purple, blue, white, and crimson fabrics. He knows how to do all kinds of engraving and understands any design given to him. He will work with your skilled craftsmen and the skilled craftsmen of my lord David your father. Now let my lord send his servants the wheat, barley, olive oil, and wine he has promised. We will get all the timber you need from Lebanon and bring it in raft-like bundles by sea to Joppa. You can then haul it on up to Jerusalem." Solomon took a census of all the male resident foreigners in the land of Israel, after the census his father David had taken. There were 153,600 in all. He designated 70,000 as common laborers, 80,000 as stone cutters in the hills, and 3,600 as supervisors to make sure the people completed the work. Second Chronicles chapter 3 Solomon began building the Lord's temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David. This was the place that David prepared at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. He began building on the second day of the second month of the fourth year of his reign. Solomon laid the foundation for God's temple. Its length, determined according to the old standard of measure, was 90 feet, and its width 30 feet. The porch in front of the main hall was 30 feet long, corresponding to the width of the temple, and its height was 30 feet. He plated the inside with pure gold. He paneled the main hall with boards made from evergreen trees and plated it with fine gold, decorated with palm trees and chains. He decorated the temple with precious stones. The gold he used came from Parveum. He overlaid the temple's rafters, thresholds, walls, and doors with gold. He carved decorative cherubim on the walls. He made the most holy place. Its length was 30 feet, corresponding to the width of the temple, and its width 30 feet. He plated it with 600 talents of fine gold. The gold nails weighed 50 shekels. He also plated the upper areas with gold. In the most holy place, he made two images of cherubim and plated them with gold. 
The combined wingspan of the cherubim was 30 feet. One of the winged cherub's wings was seven and a half feet long and touched one wall of the temple. Its other wing was also seven and a half feet long and touched one of the second cherub's wings. Likewise, one of the second cherub's wings was seven and a half feet long and touched the other wall of the temple. Its other wing was also seven and a half feet long and touched one of the first cherub's wings. The combined wingspan of these cherubim was 30 feet. They stood upright, facing inward. He made the curtain out of blue, purple, crimson, and white fabrics, and embroidered on it decorative cherubim. In front of the temple, he made two pillars, which had a combined length of 52 and a half feet, with each having a plated capital seven and a half feet high. He made ornamental chains and put them on top of the pillars. He also made 100 pomegranate-shaped ornaments and arranged them within the chains. He set up the pillars in front of the temple, one on the right side and the other on the left. He named the one on the right Yakin and the one on the left Boaz. Second Chronicles chapter 4 He made a bronze altar, 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 15 feet high. He also made the big bronze basin called the sea. It measured 15 feet from rim to rim, was circular in shape, and stood seven and a half feet high. Its circumference was 45 feet. Images of bulls were under it all the way around, 10 every 18 inches all the way around. The bulls were in two rows and had been cast with the sea. The sea stood on top of 12 bulls. Three faced northward, three westward, three southward, and three eastward. The sea was placed on top of them, and they all faced outward. It was four fingers thick, and its rim was like that of a cup, shaped like a lily blossom. It could hold 18,000 gallons. He made ten washing basins. He put five on the south side and five on the north side. In them, they rinsed the items used for burnt sacrifices. The priests washed in the sea. He made ten gold lampstands according to specifications and put them in the temple, five on the right and five on the left. He made ten tables and set them in the temple, five on the right and five on the left. He also made one hundred gold bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests and the large enclosure and its doors. He plated their doors with bronze. He put the sea on the south side in the southeast corner. Huram Abi made the pots, shovels, and bowls. He finished all the work on God's temple he had been assigned by King Solomon. He made the two pillars, the two bowl-shaped tops of the pillars, the lattice work for the bowl-shaped tops of the two pillars, the four hundred pomegranate-shaped ornaments for the lattice work of the two pillars. Each lattice work had two rows of these ornaments at the bowl-shaped top of the pillar. The ten movable stands with their ten basins the big bronze basin called the sea with its twelve bulls underneath, and the pots, shovels, and meat forks. All the items King Solomon assigned Huram Abi to make for the Lord's temple were made from polished bronze. The king had them cast in earth foundries in the region of the Jordan between Succoth and Zarathan. Solomon made so many of these items, they did not weigh the bronze. Solomon also made these items for God's temple, the gold altar, the tables on which the bread of the presence was kept, the pure gold lampstands and their lamps which burned as specified at the entrance to the inner sanctuary, 
the pure gold flower-shaped ornaments, lamps and tongs, the pure gold trimming shears, basins, pans, and censers, and the gold door sockets for the inner sanctuary, the most holy place, and for the doors of the main hall of the temple. Second Chronicles chapter 5 When Solomon had finished constructing the Lord's temple, he put the holy items that belonged to his father David, the silver, gold, and all the other articles, in the treasuries of God's temple. Then Solomon convened Israel's elders, all the leaders of the Israelite tribes and families, in Jerusalem, so they could witness the transferal of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the city of David, that is Zion. All the men of Israel assembled before the king during the festival in the seventh month. When all Israel's elders had arrived, the Levites lifted the Ark. The priests and Levites carried the Ark, the tent where God appeared to his people, and all the holy items in the tent. Now King Solomon and all the Israelites who had assembled with him went on ahead of the ark and sacrificed more sheep and cattle than could be counted or numbered. The priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its assigned place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, in the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim's wings extended over the place where the ark sat, and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. The poles were so long, their ends extending out from the ark were visible from in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from beyond that point. They have remained there to this very day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets Moses had placed there in Horeb. It was there that the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after he brought them out of the land of Egypt. The priests left the holy place. All the priests who participated had consecrated themselves, no matter which division they represented. All the Levites who were musicians, including Asaph, Heman, Jejuthun, and their sons and relatives, wore linen. They played cymbals and stringed instruments as they stood east of the altar. They were accompanied by 120 priests who blew trumpets. The trumpeters and musicians played together, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they loudly praised the Lord, singing, Certainly he is good, certainly his loyal love endures. Then a cloud filled the Lord's temple. The priests could not carry out their duties because of the cloud. The Lord's splendor filled God's temple. Second Chronicles chapter 6 Then Solomon said, The Lord has said he lives in thick darkness. O Lord, I have built a lofty temple for you, a place where you can live permanently. Then the king turned around and pronounced a blessing over the whole Israelite assembly as they stood there. He said, The Lord God of Israel is worthy of praise, because he has fulfilled what he promised my father David. He told David, Since the day I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have not chosen a city from all the tribes of Israel to build a temple in which to live, nor did I choose a man as leader of my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem as a place to live, and I have chosen David to lead my people Israel. Now my father David had a strong desire to build a temple to honor the Lord God of Israel. The Lord told my father David, It is right for you to have a strong desire to build a temple to honor me, but you will not build the temple. Your very own son will build the temple for my honor. 
The Lord has kept the promise he made. I have taken my father David's place and have occupied the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. I have built this temple for the honor of the Lord God of Israel and set up in it a place for the ark containing the covenant the Lord made with the Israelites. He stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform and had placed it in the middle of the enclosure. It was seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high. He stood on it and then got down on his knees in front of the entire assembly of Israel. He spread out his hands toward the sky and prayed, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You maintain covenantal loyalty to your servants who obey you with sincerity. You have kept your word to your servant, my father David. This very day you have fulfilled what you promised. Now, O Lord God of Israel, keep the covenant you made to your servant, my father David, when you said you will never fail to have a successor ruling before me on the throne of Israel, provided that your descendants watch their step and obey my law as you have done. Now, O Lord God of Israel, may the promise you made to your servant David be realized. God does not really live with humankind on the earth. Look, if the sky and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. But respond favorably to your servant's prayer and his request for help, O Lord my God. Answer the desperate prayer your servant is presenting to you. Night and day, may you watch over this temple, the place where you promised you would live. May you answer your servant's prayer for this place. Respond to the requests of your servant and your people Israel for this place. Hear from your heavenly dwelling place and respond favorably and forgive. When someone is accused of sinning against his neighbor and the latter pronounces a curse on the alleged offender before your altar in this temple, Listen from heaven and make a just decision about your servant's claims. Condemn the guilty party, declare the other innocent, and give both of them what they deserve. If your people Israel are defeated by an enemy because they sinned against you, then if they come back to you, renew their allegiance to you, and pray for your help before you in this temple, then listen from heaven, forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave to them and their ancestors. The time will come when the skies are shut up tightly and no rain falls because your people sinned against you. When they direct their prayers toward this place, renew their allegiance to you and turn away from their sin because you punish them. Then listen from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Certainly you will then teach them the right way to live, and send rain on your land that you have given your people to possess. The time will come when the land suffers from a famine, a plague, blight and disease, or a locust invasion, or when their enemy lays siege to the cities of the land, or when some other type of plague or epidemic occurs. When all your people Israel pray and ask for help as they acknowledge their intense pain and spread out their hands toward this temple, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place. Forgive their sin and act favorably toward each one based on your evaluation of their motives. Indeed, you are the only one who can correctly evaluate the motives of all people. Then will they honor you by obeying you throughout their lifetimes 
as they live on the land you gave to our ancestors. Foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will come from a distant land because of your great reputation and your ability to accomplish mighty deeds. They will come and direct their prayers toward this temple. Then listen from your heavenly dwelling place and answer all the prayers of the foreigners. Then all the nations of the earth will acknowledge your reputation, obey you as your people Israel do, and recognize that this temple I built belongs to you. When you direct your people to march out and fight their enemies, and they direct their prayers to you toward this chosen city and this temple I built for your honor, then listen from heaven to their prayers for help and vindicate them. The time will come when your people will sin against you, for there is no one who is sinless, and you will be angry at them and deliver them over to their enemies, who will take them as prisoners to their land, whether far away or close by. When your people come to their senses in the land where they are held prisoner, they will repent and beg for your mercy in the land of their imprisonment, admitting, We have sinned and gone astray, we have done evil. When they return to you with all their heart, and being in the land where they are held prisoner, and direct their prayers toward the land you gave to their ancestors, your chosen city, and the temple I built for your honor, then listen from your heavenly dwelling place to their prayers for help, vindicate them, and forgive your sinful people. Now, my God, may you be attentive and responsive to the prayers offered in this place. Now ascend, O Lord God, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. May your priests, O Lord God, experience your deliverance. May your loyal followers rejoice in the prosperity you give. O Lord God, do not reject your chosen ones. Remember the faithful promises you made to your servant David. Second Chronicles chapter 7 When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the Lord's splendor filled the temple. The priests were unable to enter the Lord's temple because the Lord's splendor filled the Lord's temple. When all the Israelites saw the fire come down and the Lord's splendor over the temple, they got on their knees with their faces downward toward the pavement. They worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, Certainly he is good, certainly his loyal love endures. The king and all the people were presenting sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon sacrificed 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep. Then the king and all the people dedicated God's temple. The priests stood in their assigned spots, along with the Levites, who had the musical instruments used for praising the Lord. These were the ones King David made for giving thanks to the Lord, and which were used by David when he offered praise, saying, Certainly his loyal love endures. Opposite the Levites, the priests were blowing the trumpets, while all Israel stood there. Solomon consecrated the middle of the courtyard that is in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt sacrifices, grain offerings, and the fat from the peace offerings there, because the bronze altar that Solomon had made was too small to hold all these offerings. At that time, Solomon and all Israel with him celebrated a festival for seven days. This great assembly included people from Lebohamoth in the north to the stream of Egypt in the south. On the eighth day, they held an assembly, 
for they had dedicated the altar for seven days and celebrated the festival for seven more days. In the twenty-third day of the seventh month, Solomon sent the people home. They left happy and contented because of the good the Lord had done for David, Solomon, and his people Israel. After Solomon finished building the Lord's temple and the royal palace and accomplished all his plans for the Lord's temple and his royal palace, the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have answered your prayer and chosen this place to be my temple where sacrifices are to be made. When I close up the sky so that it doesn't rain, or command locusts to devour the land's vegetation, or send a plague among my people, if my people who belong to me humble themselves, pray, seek to please me, and repudiate their sinful practices, then I will respond from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now I will be attentive and responsive to the prayers offered in this place. Now I have chosen and consecrated this temple by making it my permanent home. I will be constantly present there. You must serve me as your father David did. Do everything I commanded and obey my rules and regulations. Then I will establish your dynasty, just as I promised your father David. You will not fail to have a successor ruling over Israel. But if you people ever turn away from me, fail to obey the regulations and rules I instructed you to keep, and decide to serve and worship other gods, then I will remove you from my land I have given you. I will abandon this temple I have consecrated with my presence, and I will make you an object of mockery and ridicule among all the nations. As for this temple, which was once majestic, everyone who passes by it will be shocked and say, Why did the Lord do this to this land and this temple? Others will then answer, because they abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors, who led them out of Egypt. They embraced other gods, whom they worshipped and served. That is why he brought all this disaster down on them. Second Chronicles chapter 8 After twenty years, during which Solomon built the Lord's temple and his royal palace, Solomon rebuilt the cities that Huram had given him and settled Israelites there. Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and seized it. He built up Tadmor in the wilderness and all the storage cities he had built in Hamath. He made Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon fortified cities with walls and barred gates and built up Baalath, all the storage cities that belonged to him and all the cities where chariots and horses were kept. He built whatever he wanted in Jerusalem, Lebanon, and throughout his entire kingdom. Now several non-Israelite peoples were left in the land after the conquest of Joshua, including the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Their descendants remained in the land. The Israelites were unable to wipe them out. Solomon conscripted them for his work crews, and they continue in that role to this very day. Solomon did not assign Israelites to these work crews, the Israelites served as his soldiers, officers, charioteers, and commanders of his chariot forces. These men worked for King Solomon as supervisors. There were a total of 250 of them who were in charge of the people. Solomon moved Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to the palace he had built for her, for he said, My wife must not live in the palace of King David of Israel, for the places where the ark of the Lord has entered are holy. 
Then Solomon offered burnt sacrifices to the Lord on the altar of the Lord, which he had built in front of the temple's porch. He observed the daily requirements for sacrifices that Moses had specified for Sabbaths, new moon festivals, and the three annual celebrations, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Shelters. As his father David had decreed, Solomon appointed the divisions of the priests to do their assigned tasks, the Levitical orders to lead worship and to help the priests with their daily tasks, and the divisions of the gatekeepers to serve at their assigned gates. This was what David the man of God had ordered. They did not neglect any detail of the king's orders pertaining to the priests, Levites, and treasuries. All the work ordered by Solomon was completed from the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid until it was finished. The Lord's temple was completed. Then Solomon went to Ezion-Geber and to Elot on the coast in the land of Edom. Huram sent him ships and some of his sailors, men who were well acquainted with the sea. They sailed with Solomon's men to Ophir and took from there 450 talents of gold, which they brought back to King Solomon. Second Chronicles chapter 9 When the queen of Sheba heard about Solomon, she came to challenge him with difficult questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a great display of pomp, bringing with her camels carrying spices, a very large quantity of gold, and precious gems. She visited Solomon and discussed with him everything that was on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. There was no question too complex for the king. When the queen of Sheba saw for herself Solomon's wisdom, the palace he had built, the food in his banquet hall, his servants and attendants in their robes, his cupbearers in their robes, and his burnt sacrifices which he presented in the Lord's temple, she was amazed. She said to the king, The report I have heard in my own country about your wise sayings and insight was true. I did not believe these things until I came and saw them with my own eyes. Indeed, I didn't even hear half the story. Your wisdom surpasses what was reported to me. Your attendants, who stand before you at all times and hear your wise sayings, are truly happy. May the Lord your God be praised because he favored you by placing you on his throne as the one ruling on his behalf. Because of your God's love for Israel and his lasting commitment to them, he made you king over them so you could make just and right decisions. She gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very large quantity of spices and precious gems. The quantity of spices the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon has never been matched. Hurem's servants, aided by Solomon's servants, brought gold from Ophir, as well as fine timber and precious gems. With the timber, the king made steps for the Lord's temple and royal palace, as well as stringed instruments for the musicians. No one had seen anything like them in the land of Judah before that. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba everything she requested, more than what she had brought him. Then she left and returned to her homeland with her attendants. Solomon received 666 talents of gold per year, besides what he collected from the merchants and traders. All the Arabian kings and the governors of the land also brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 measures of hammered gold were used for each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold. 300 measures of gold were used for each of those shields. The king placed them in the palace of the Lebanon forest. The king made a large throne, decorated with ivory, and overlaid it with pure gold. 
There were six steps leading up to the throne, and a gold footstool was attached to the throne. The throne had two armrests, with a statue of a lion standing on each side. There were twelve statues of lions on the six steps, one lion at each end of each step. There was nothing like it in any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's cups were made of gold, and all the household items in the palace of the Lebanon forest were made of pure gold. There were no silver items, for silver was not considered very valuable in Solomon's time. The king had a fleet of large merchant ships manned by Huram's men that sailed the sea. Once every three years, the fleet came into port with cargoes of gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. King Solomon was wealthier and wiser than any of the kings of the earth. All the kings of the earth wanted to visit Solomon to see him display his God-given wisdom. Year after year, visitors brought their gifts, which included items of silver, items of gold, clothes, perfume, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot horses and 12,000 horses. He kept them in assigned cities and also with him in Jerusalem. He ruled all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones. Cedar was as plentiful as sycamore fig trees are in the foothills. Solomon acquired horses from Egypt and from all the lands. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign, from start to finish, are recorded in the annals of Nathan the prophet, the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and the vision of Iddo the seer, pertaining to Jeroboam son of Nebat. Solomon ruled over all Israel from Jerusalem for forty years. Then Solomon passed away and was buried in the city of his father David. His son Rehoboam replaced him as king.